The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Hey, Frindo, Steve here. And Larson. Welcome back to Going In Rob. Matt Chet. This is, of course, where you get to see the Friendovers in action, sending us video questions. And, of course, we get those questions from our patrons at patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. $20 a month gets you not only the Friendo care package, not only does it give you tons of bonus content, it also allows you to film a video question or send us a text question. We'll answer it right here every month on Matt Chat. Uh, we got a lot of questions to get into. What's that face you're, you're giving me right now? Because my chair is sinking. Oh, no. Bye, Larson. Looks like I'm by myself today. Maybe not. Anyways, yeah, that's a cut. You you can't. You got to fix it. You can't replace it, man. Because that's a comfy chair you got going on there. It's it's a nice chair, but it's not so comfortable if I have to do the whole show like this. Like I'm. You look like, like a, a child. An 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 elementary school student sitting behind an adult desk. You look like a really old child. Um, yep. All right. Anyways, our first question is a bit of a serious one from our good friendo and mod Winemaker. Let's see what Winemaker has to say live from his van. Hello, Stephen Larson, Winemaker here. Now, my match chat question this month is all about the rather serious topic of how do we clean up wrestling with the um, scandals that have been dogging the internet of the last week or so. How do we give confidence to female performers or females just around wrestling that they're not going to be taken advantage of by egotistical divs um it's it's been a tough week because there's a lot of people that have been called out that i have paid money to see had photos with and now i'm just like nah you're done i want nothing to do with you so i know it's a bit of a bit of a downer but how do we, how do we clean this up and how do we move forward in a really progressive way to show female performers and females around wrestling that they're not what, what they have been used for with regards to the degenerates that have been around wrestling? I'm not naming names because I don't want to liable you guys. Um, so please just give me your thoughts. It's not a debate question. It's just what do we do? What do we do? Too sweet, hearty handshake. Thank you, Wayne. Thank uh, you, Wayne. Wayne has uh, a ton, like, and I'm a ton of progress wrestling shirts, and uh, he's obviously a big fan, as he says here in the video, uh, uh, there in the UK wrestling scene, uh, and so obviously this is something that uh, that really hits close to home for him. Uh, however, I'm, I'm going to say this, man. I think that this whole thing uh, I view as an opportunity for a lot of uh, positive things to come out of it. Uh, I, I think what we're seeing now, man, is uh, basically sort of a purge of sorts, not like the movie or the TV series. But, you know, uh, social media is being in a positive way weaponized against, as Wayne call it, calls it, these degenerates. We've already seen. Uh, companies start to make changes that seemingly and hopefully are uh, are changes not just superficially, but you know changes at the top throughout the system uh, there in the UK. Um, and I see a lot of opportunity here, man. I think that if there are like you know, it, it seems like there's actual schools that are maybe closing. Uh, there are uh, lots of trainers who are being sort of, you know, kicked out of the system. And when I see that, I see um, opportunity. I see opportunity for uh, uh, wrestlers who um, maybe have had, we've seen positive stories about, or wrestlers who have good reputations 
they might see this as an opportunity to say, hey, I've got this good reputation. Let me do something with it. I know that I can do this in a way that can be beneficial, that can be positive. Let me go ahead and open up my own school. I, you can see this as a, as a business opportunity as well. If these schools were successful and they're gone, uh, there's no reason why there still can't be schools that are as successful but run by the right people. I think that one thing that we need to keep in mind is the WWE's presence in the UK. And we've seen names like Leggero and Travis Banks already been uh, terminated from their WWE uh, contracts. There probably will be more, um, you would think. WWE needs to step up in this situation. You know, they're a uh, they're a billion dollar company who went into the UK, basically transformed the UK scene. I know it's debatable. Some people said for the worse. Some people say for the better. Um, but regardless, they have basically transformed the UK scene. Why wouldn't they then step up and start? You know, they obviously have the performance center, but that's for the people coming in. To the, to the NXT UK, why don't they start, you know, other schools that are smaller that can feed up into the WWE Performance Center? Why don't they start smaller schools with a heavy HR presence? Why don't they bring people out like Lance Storm, who I've heard a ton of really positive stories. This guy can manage, um, can oversee an operation like that. I mean, whether or not he'd want to, I don't know, but... Um, that's where you start. You want to hire more women in positions of power. I think the WWE came in, they changed the UK scene. Now it needs to help rebuild the UK scene. Uh, I feel like there's an opportunity there, and hopefully uh, this is the much-needed uh, uh, darkness before you know you rebuild into a more positive thing, and in a couple yeah. of years, you'll have a scene that's thriving and doing it the right way. Doing it the right way and, and providing a safe environment for all workers. Um you know, you, you mentioned we've seen numerous promotions kind of take a step back and and suspend operations in order to kind of reevaluate their standards, their practices, uh, how they they can improve the culture of their promotions or their training schools, whatever the 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 the, the venue or or company may be, in an effort to find, as I mentioned, a, a, a find a better way to create a safe working environment for everybody, um, and that's the necessary first step. But it's got to be continuous. They just can't do it. Say we're going to do this. Put the statement out. And then essentially pay lip service to the idea of worker safety. They have to follow through. They have to be uh, 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 vigilant. It's got to take dedication, and it's got to be actively practiced. And it's imperative that workers feel safe speaking out in the event something happens without fear of any retaliation. Yeah. Um, numerous times in these stories, we hear about people who've had something awful happen to them, but they're afraid of speaking out for fear of some sort of retaliation. Uh-huh. You got to get rid of that. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and, you know, it's all about just, it's all about worker safety for everybody. It's all about safety for the fans who are there, too. It's about safety. People want to go to a wrestling show and feel safe. They want to have a good time. Um, and if there's anything in the way that's that's making that impossible, you got to you got to get out of the equation. Um, and, and and the next question from Joshua Martinez, we can go into a bit more. But, you know, I don't know if there's some way to put together some sort of regulatory body to improve working conditions uh, for professional wrestlers. I don't know. Um, you mentioned Lance Storm earlier, and again, I'll get to this more in the next question. Um, he had a, a series of tweets about the possibility of that. So um, anyways, let's go to Josh Martinez's question. We can get into it more there. Hey, friendos. So with the allegations coming out and the stories of, you know, the speaking out, speak out movement, um, I brought this up before on the mod chat, but I was wondering, do you think it would benefit and how could they come about, you know, maybe not on the org uh, sport level, I don't know how you would do that, but at least at the company level, some type of summit and maybe pause production for at least a week or... I don't know, for a while, and basically come together and say, you know, this culture of wrestling kind of let all this bad stuff happen. How can we move forward addressing these issues and working to make sure that this doesn't happen again? You know, and again, this goes with all companies, you know, WWE, AEW, independent companies. Um, it would be great if they could have some type of summit with all the big companies and smaller com independent companies and do it on a sport level. Um, I don't really see that happening, but 
just a thought. Is that something you think, A, could it be possible? B, how could they do it? Thanks, Rendos. Thank you, Joshua Martinez. Thank you, Joshua. So ideally, yes, it'd be great if wrestling promotions from around the world would, would gather together and, 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 and come up with standards that all promotions should operate under. Uh, and, and, and I, you know, you think if they'd go through the, pro- the, the trouble of getting together, negotiating standards that, uh, that, that ensure worker safety for everybody, they would follow through with it. Um, that would be the ideal. As I mentioned, Lance Storm, I forgot the conversation. I could look it up here. Maybe I will in a second. Um, uh, how it related, how we got to the topic of uh, a regulatory body. Mm-hmm. Um, and he made several good points, but you know, ideally it would be a situation where people can report things anonymously. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, promotions wouldn't be involved, he said, although if, if, you know, there's not going to be any sort of international regulatory body, I would think, governing pro wrestling. I think that's too, uh, I don't know if like politically if that's possible. So if it were to happen, on an international level, it would have to be a, a joint effort between, I would think, promotions, wrestlers. Um, they would have to form some sort of committee to, to run the thing that is representative of the world of professional wrestling, uh, uh, you know, and, 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 and diverse. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, ideally it'd be great. It would be great if, if, if some sort of summit or, or regulatory body could happen to be created. The issue is Vince would not allow WWE to be a part of it. Well, um, okay, so I'll I'll just go ahead and take over from there, man. It's got to start with the WWE, and it won't. But this the only way the only way it'll work. The only way it'll work is if WWE started taking this stuff. <clears throat> if WWE was became the public face and the very serious public face of this. I mean, one thing that we saw with uh, with the Chris Benoit thing was. Um, a more stricter, a more strict wellness policy with the WWE, you know? And I mean, I don't know, man, you hear all sorts of different things about their wellness policy, but I mean, I don't think it can be argued that it's, it's, it's better than now than it was pre Benoit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The concussion protocols are better now than they were pre Benoit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if they took this with that level of seriousness, they could WWE could be, they want to be the standard in wrestling. They want to do that. They they are trying to expand worldwide and be the standard. They want to be the Disney of wrestling. If they really want to take that seriously, then they will be the first biggest voice on this starting now. And mm-hmm. they could do this. I mean, they could absolutely set the standard. They don't even have to collaborate internationally. If they set the standard and challenge everybody else to hold up to that standard, then I do believe that they would that that way you would see that go out throughout the wrestling world. Um, we've seen with uh, their response to the pandemic that they have no interest in leading the right way. They don't because if no. they did, they'd be testing. They they would have been doing this before AEW was doing it. Well, they um, probably would have shut down. Honestly, yeah, if they would have ceased production. They would probably. have they would have done whatever is responsible uh, that needs to be done. So, um, so, but they they don't, so I don't know, maybe if this was a, I mean, we've heard that there are voices in the room, uh, telling Vince that, that have told Vince in the past, Hey, we should shut down once Vince is gone. Um, those voices might be the voices that are the prominent ones in the company. It's entirely possible. And I, I, I really do believe that the corporate philosophy starting from just under Vince, (laughs) Uh, is probably one that would be a lot more responsible than it is now where Vince is the, is the end all be all and he's doing this stuff. Um, and it's, it's so old school and it's so like, you know, don't tell me what to do and who cares about corporate culture. Um, so once Vince, again, a lot relies on when Vince is gone, but when Vince is gone, it would not shock me if we had um, more of a, you know, I'm not going to say progressive by any means, but I, I definitely more in keeping with, you know, uh, uh, you, you know, less of an old school mentality and something that yes. people could get behind. So I think that it, it, it should start with the WWE. I just don't think it's going to. Um, uh, that Lance Storm uh, Twitter uh, exchange was with uh, John Pollock. 
post wrestling with John. Paul. Yeah, no, I, I yeah, I read that. It's really good. People should check. It's it out. really good. Go back to what you said. Pretty much is is yeah. As long as Vince is around, uh, it you know history has dictated WWE won't necessarily do the right thing. Yeah. Um, and as much as it would be great to see them lead an effort like this, uh, I'm pessimistic they will do so. Yeah. Next. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Christopher Rampersad. Hello, Stephen Larson. So my question is, what should Raw and SmackDown do when fans are allowed to come back to arenas and stuff? Like, what fun ideas Raw and SmackDown should do? Who stars they should bring back to hype up the crowd and make the crowd feel good and have that great energy vibe? You know, to me, I think, you know, you should bring back Stone Cold or maybe you could can get The Rock if you can to get that home home welcome or even have Vince come out. What do you guys think? Let me know. Thank you, Christopher. Thank you, Christopher. Uh, I would say this. I think that when they return, I mean, it should be a big celebratory thing. But I think that WWE should take the opportunity to maybe, you know, relook at their presentation and say, hey, how can we make this maybe a little less slick and a little more, as they love to use the the, the term these days, gritty, um, while maintaining the family-friendly thing that they're going for? I think that there are uh, certain presentational changes that we've seen in empty arena era. Like, uh, I'll give you an example. Last week or this past week's Raw with Edge's promo. Um, chances are that would have been done in front of an audience. Instead, they chose a way to film it stylishly um, with like a nicer lens, with more dramatic lighting and an empty ring um, with just like a spotlight on Edge and it's in close up. And it's very effective. They've done several of these things. So I think that WWE needs to look at their presentation and say, hey, not every promo needs to be, um, you know, in front of the crowd. Not every uh, not every interaction needs to be with that awkward, unmotivated backstage camera. You can leave the arena. You can do stuff outside. Put it up on the Tron. The fans will still like it, and it'll add your TV. You'll add, it'll add some more dimension to your TV product. I think they need to relook at their presentation. I think this is a great opportunity to do that. Um, and uh, I also think that internally they need to they either furloughed or or, or laid off tons of production people. I think if they're going to start rehiring writers, they need to look at who they're rehiring. They need to rebuild a young creative staff and build that for the future um, and uh, and hire more diversity or get be more diverse with your hirings, if you mm-hmm. will. So uh, mm-hmm. that's what I think they should do when they come back. All great ideas. Uh, I'm going to go a far more superficial approach cool. with my answer. Good. Uh, 
assuming it's a situation where a, a celebration is in order, as in uh, things are back to normal for the most part, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the specter of pandemic isn't looming over the whole thing. You can actually fill every seat in the arena. Um, then uh, they're going to go. It's going to be a huge celebratory thing. I'm talking all the pyro, like WrestleMania levels of pyrotechnics. But inside, inside in a, an inside indoor arena, arena, which is probably, you know, like a huge not fire advisable. hazard. But it's okay. It's okay. They're celebrating. <laughs> they're celebrating. Um, you you got to have like a wild card final level of uh, 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 of of titles on the line. You know, we equal had to Monday. or greater than WrestleMania. Yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So we had Championship Monday and Raw this last week. Double that every title. So you're talking about like a Saudi show, but in America, but on Raw. Yes, <laughs> on Raw. And then you got to bring out. Christopher mentioned this. You got to bring out all the legends. You got to get Stone Cold, The Rock, Undertaker. Uh, Goldberg, Lesnar, of course. Wow! Uh, just bring them all out. Huge. Open up. It'd be, it'd the, be great. It'd be great CM to Punk. do the CM Punk. Yeah, sure. Punk. Yeah, open the wallet. Get CM Punk. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be great to 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 take this opportunity as kind of a a, a, a relaunch, reset, change up the presentation. Uh, you know, because the, the the visual language language of WWE's product hasn't really changed for the better part of forty years. Mm-hmm. It'd be great if they could change it. Uh, considering Vince is still there in charge and Bruce Pritchard's his uh, right-hand man. Not confident that's going to happen, but yeah, it'd be great if it did. It's more likely what you're saying, bringing back The Undertaker and Stone Cold, than what I'm saying, but I really think they should do that stuff too. <laughs> they totally should do that, 100%. Uh, let's see. Why not ne- do both? You could do you could, you could take the, the the changes of presentation, hire a more diverse yeah. uh, uh, you know, group and creative and then also do all the fireworks and title yeah. matches and, and legends. Do it all. Yeah, we like, I like I like spectacle. Spectacle's good. I like fireworks. Yeah, I don't. Philly Flexer has a question, uh, and uh, I think this is a good one. Let's see what he has to say. Hey, guys. This is your boy Philly Flexer with my match chat question this week. And I was just wondering, do you think people have forgotten that WWE is made for kids and adults? And I say that because a lot of people are bashing the Street Profits versus Viking Raiders segments today, uh, this past couple of weeks. And I just kind of feel like that's unfair or whatnot because my uh, little sister and my uh, my son or whatnot was laughing at it endlessly. Every time it's popped up from the pay-per-view on or whatnot, they have laughed at it, especially the ninjas. So I don't know. Have people forgotten that WWE is not just made for adults, but kids too? Too sweet, hearty handshake, too good, all that stuff there, brother. Thank you, Philly Flexer. Thank you, Philly Flexer. You go, um, when I When I think about... Uh, for example, just my reaction to some things WD has done of late. Um, I was I thought the 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 Street Profits Viking Raiders segments were a bit hit or miss. Some were funny and some kind of missed the mark. I felt like, um, and while those segments probably didn't exactly speak to me, uh, I, I I remember a conversation I heard. I don't remember the context or where I heard it. It's just stuck with me for some reason. Where is conversation about the Star Wars prequels? Now, me being in my 40s, I grew up with the original trilogy, um, and so I don't really look upon the Star Wars prequels fondly. However, for the generation that grew up uh, when those movies were released, that is Star Wars to them. So, while in my mind, despite its faults um, and its 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 misses, in my mind, Attitude Era. Wrestling is peak wrestling. That's that's where core wrestling memories were were forged. Yeah, and that's the part of professional wrestling that I look back the most fondly upon. Um, even though if I go back and revisit some of that stuff, I'd probably think, "What's so great about this?" Um, oh, the you know what though? The, I, sometimes I go back and watch the. If nothing else, the enthusiasm in the building is yeah, off the flipping yeah. charts. It's unmatched. There's a and great, there's a, there's a lot of great stuff. Creatively, a lot of great stuff that happened back then. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's it's every generation has their own definition with definition of what wrestling is to them. Right now, we're in an era where WWE is trying to appeal to the broadest possible demographic. Um, they want to appeal to adults. They want to appeal to kids. And so they have to program accordingly. So is it easy to forget that WWE is trying to program for the broadest possible demographic? Yes, it is easy to forget that. Um, but, uh, you know, it, 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 it's it's. It's something that I think us older viewers have to keep in mind because apparently <laughs> the older viewers make up a, 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 a dominant portion of WB's viewing audience. Yeah. If the demos are being believed. So, um, I mean, that's a different conversation is WB's approach to appealing to a, the broadest possible demographic actually working. 
Yeah. That's another debate to be had, but you know, I just think it's a situation where we got to remember that WWE is trying to uh, get as many eyeballs in front of its product, and some stuff will appeal to us on a creative level, some won't, and it just is what it is. Yeah. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say also, like, the criticism that you're hearing is probably from a very specific demographic. Uh, I don't see a lot of, like, kids going on Twitter um, to complain about this stuff in the general internet wrestling community. I could be wrong. <laughs> but uh, I think, you know, when I see the general complaints about stuff like the Street Profits uh, and the Viking Raiders vignettes, uh, I mean, it, it's I, I imagine it's going to be from people who are, you know, the standard wrestling fan who probably just isn't interested in that stuff. That's not to say that there aren't fans of that stuff because, but they're just probably not vocalizing it in a place where uh, you would be like paying attention to. I know I certainly wouldn't be. Um, so yeah, I would keep that in mind too, is like the the wrestling community on Twitter is its own bubble echo chamber, whatever, what have you. It is a specific demographic. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I think that's something to keep in mind also. Yep. Next, got a question from the going in Rob Zerver. Take it away, Rob. Oh, the best. Hey guys, Rob Zerver here. Um, this is my ceiling. I don't look too good today. I'm feeling a bit under weather, but look, I'm here. Look, yeah, yeah. All good. Anyway, uh, my question is, um, AEW and AAA have, has this relationship been mutually beneficial and, has it? Have they kind of dropped the ball with a maybe a talent sharing and whatnot? I know that the pandemic's on and all that, but you know they've had it. They had the agreement before, you know, in a few months. I don't know. Is it? Is it? Is it a missed opportunity? No, Doctor Wagner Junior. or Anything? What do you think, friendos? Anyway, too sweet, hearty handshake. <laughs> Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Rob. So I'm gonna say this, man. It just sometimes feels like AEW and and and. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll put it this way, actually. It feels like AAA exists in a universe all to its own, which is one reason why we love it so much. We venture into AAA a couple times a year to see the insanity play out, and uh, I don't know. I just don't know that business-wise, them existing on such a different plane than AEW would, would really pay off if they attempted more of a talent exchange. Would I love to see that kind of stuff? Yeah, but I'm not sure that business-wise they would really... It's not like AAA has the same kind of crossover appeal that... Uh, or, I'm sorry, that would have the same kind of appeal as a New Japan talent uh, crossover. A lot of AEW fans, I would gather the... I would, I would assume the vast majority of AEW fans would also be New Japan fans. So when you see that kind of talent exchange... That's a huge buzz moment. That's a massive buzz moment given the history of the company. Um, AAA is a little bit different. Uh, they exist, you know, in such its own universe that I'm not sure a talent exchange would really work wonders for AEW. Obviously, Kenny Omega, big name, going to AAA. He's their mega champion. It's probably working wonders for them. I mean, they've kept him as triple as mega champion for a while now. I know pandemic might have you know, uh, 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 changed plans there. That's why maybe he's still champion. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I, I just don't know that business-wise it would really, I don't know, maybe it's just a nut they haven't cracked yet. Maybe Pandemic has played a big part in that. I mean, Pandemic's been part of, like, what, half of AEW's lifespan, basically. Pretty much, yeah. So, uh, so we might see it more once that's done with. I'd like to see it if they can crack a nut that really makes sense for them, creatively yeah. speaking. Yeah, yeah, I think the creative aspect of it is probably what's proven to be difficult. Um, is it has it been a huge missed opportunity? Yeah, we haven't seen Doctor Wagner in AEW. I know he's kind of on the outs with AAA, anyways. But um, I mean, for that reason, if nothing else, it's been a huge missed opportunity. Uh, uh, looking forward, assuming Cody has that TNT title for a bit, and he's probably gonna have to have it for at least another six to eight months, probably eight to ten months, to get us through the best in best case scenario pandemic phase. Uh, it would great, be great to see, say, Taurus show up, answer one of Cody's open challenges for that TNT title, because Taurus is awesome. Um, there's a lot of really good talent in AAA, uh, but the creative avenue by which for there to be crossover to an extent that is impactful for both uh, companies and be impactful for what we see on television, um, obviously they haven't found what that is yet. 
Um, and I who feel, knows I feel like the inner they, workings of AAA and, and AEW and how they could even come to an agreement if they even wanted to do some sort of larger creative plan together, how that would even pan out. I just don't know. I feel like the Lucha Brothers and the Young Bucks were kind of like the pinnacle of uh, a talent crossover mm-hmm. because the Lucha Brothers had already established a presence in the in in North America in AEW's mm-hmm. market. And so mm-hmm. that's why it really did make sense. If there are, if there's other talent in AAA that sort of, you know, maybe they go to New Japan for maybe they have like they do a thing with New Japan, even though New Japan has a CMLL relationship and that would probably preclude that from happening. Mm-hmm. But if somebody else ends up becoming a breakout star in the North American market in AEW's market, then I could see that talent exchange making sense. It's just, you know, I mean, look, if Taurus came over, that'd be great because he looks like somebody like that could fight Luchasaurus. But if anybody, if like the clowns came over, I'm not sure the AEW audience would really respond in the way that would, you know, benefit the company all that much. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyways. The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Uh, Next up, Dirty Rich has a question. Let's see what Dirty Rich has to say. Friendos Rich here. Now, we have a lot of people with a lot of title reigns. What's more important, the amount of reigns... Or how long each individual reign lasted. Like Punk, he only has two reigns with the WWE title. One is the longest reign in modern era. I'm not counting Brock Lesnar because CM Punk showed up every week. But then you got Cena with 16 reigns. Some of his lasted about a year. And then he had a few reigns that lasted a couple weeks. Or even he had one reign that lasted like five minutes. So just let me know. What's more important, the number of reigns or how long the reigns went? Thank Thank you, Rich. Rich. I'll start. Uh, Okay. Uh, In my mind, the number of reigns is indicative of one's reliability. That means for a prolonged period of time, you've been on top. You've been the guy or close to the guy uh, that they know they can put the belt on you. Uh, You're going to be a quality champion. You're reliable. Put butts in seats. Get people to sit in front of the TV and watch that particular product. Um and, uh, you know, we saw with Ric Flair, granted, the way they, they used to book back the territory days uh, was was different than what we see now. It was different. How NWA approached it was vastly different how WWE did, WWF did. You know, uh, in the NWA days, they would put the belt on the heel for lengths of time, have faces chase after the heel. You get that moment where the face wins or wins by count out or something like that, only for the heel to get the belt back and the chase resumes with somebody else. Whereas WWF, we saw with Bruno with Hogan, uh, especially, uh, they put the belt on the face and just throw heel after heel after heel, and they'd conquer each heel in succession. Just different uh, booking philosophy. Um, so, but you know, I, 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 you can have. I mean, the case of Bruno is 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 more or less an outlier. Someone who had the belt for the better part of eight years. Uh, it's a testament to not only his uh, reliability, his drawing power. Um, You're speaking on my subject now. Yeah, I know. Anyways, it's, it's, it's number. It's number because uh, it proves over the longer period of time that you're reliable. You're no flash in the pan. That's my point. All right. Uh, I think it's length because Bruno had it for eight years, and that's still straight, and that's still the standard that when people talk about, well, what kind of push is he going to get? The joke is, well, he's not going to get a Bruno push, you know, because that's like it's it's ridiculous. Even if you look at Hulk Hogan, they talk about, like Hogan was the man really between, you know, what, 85 or 83, I guess, to like 84 and 87. Yeah, he won, he won, the, he won the, he won the title in 84. I think he had it for about 1500 days. Yeah. Reign. So it's like, you look at that, but then even if you can go all the way really to like ultimate warrior, you know, from like 84 to like 1990, when he dropped mm-hmm. it to warrior as like him being on top. Now, was he the actual champion? No, but like. You know, he could have been easily. He pretty much, he, the easily. only time in that stretch he didn't have the belt was that year that Macho Man had it. Right, exactly, yeah. 
And that was um, probably uh, at least partially motivated because Hogan was off shooting a movie. Yeah. I actually, I'll be honest with you. I think that the two most impressive records in wrestling, in modern wrestling, well, I guess not modern, but in wrestling history, really, from like the 70s on, let's say that, is Ric Flair's number of world title reigns. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. It, it's, yeah, the number and the length of Bruno San Martino's title reign. I think those are the two biggest numbers. And I don't really think that, like, one, I guess that Bruno's is more impressive than the other, but Ric Flair's, like you said, they just did stuff different in the, in the NWA. Yeah. Yeah. It was the babyface always chasing the heel champion. So yeah. I think that, honestly, it just washes out. I think that the bigger thing is the moments in pro wrestling. Like, yeah, uh, Hogan Rock at WrestleMania uh, 18. That didn't, that didn't need a championship. Uh, Hogan Cena, granted the second one was for the championship, but it wasn't about the championship. They just threw the championship in there to try to make it a bigger deal, but it really wasn't. It was Cena having the, the torch pass from The Rock, and it was a two, it was a really a three-year story that they told. Mm-hmm. Um, end of an era, that concluded a four-year story that had nothing to do with the title. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Hogan slamming Andre, yeah, that was for the title, but um, really it was... It was the unbeatable, the undefeated Andre the Giant finally being bested by Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. Um, the title was, you know, it was there. So mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I think wrestling is always like about the stories, about the moments, not necessarily about the championships. If you see CM Punk, he had it for 460, whatever, uh, 400 days, 430, mm-hmm. whatever it was. Whatever days, yeah, yeah. Days. And uh, what happened with that? They just jobbed him out to The Rock real quick so that they can put the title uh, on him to face Cena as just another level to their story. And it was the stakes completely bit, yeah. unnecessary. So yeah. it's about the moment, man. That's what it is. I mean, the moment of CM Punk winning it at Money in the Bank meant more than the other 460 days he had the championship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there you yep. go. Uh, next, got a question from a debut Matt Chatter, Stevie Ray. Stevie Ray. Hey, Steve Larson in the Friendoverse. Stevie Ray. No, not that one. With my first Matt Chat question. Um, with Cody bringing the TNT Championship Open Challenge, I think it'd be cool if some of his challengers came asking for certain stipulations, too. And I think this would be a cool way for Cody to bring back some old school stipulation matches that we haven't seen in a while. So my match chat question is, what are some old school wacky stipulations that have long since been forgotten that you guys would like to see brought back to the TNT Open Challenge and who would bring them back? For me personally, I'd really like to see Lance Archer challenge him to a coal miners glove match with, you know, Jake the Snake connection to Halloween Havoc 91, I think it would just fit perfectly. But I'd love to know what you guys think. So, uh, no too sweet, no hearty handshake, free bird knuckle bump. Have a good day. Thank you, Stevie Ray. Thank you. I am kind of, I thought that when you said Stevie Ray was going to be Harlem Heat Stevie Ray. But this is great, too. This is awesome. Uh, so, anyways, uh, what old school stipulations do I? This is easy. The, the Lance Archer's name, he's the murder hawk. So yeah. do a do a good old-fashioned Texas death match right up Cody's alley. He loves to bleed. I feel like the Cody-Lance Archer match, that uh, the final for that uh, uh, TNT ugly championship. Oh, I need, I need way more blood. That was a, that, come on, that was a joke. That was an absolute joke. The way they built that, that was a joke. This needs to be a cinematic Texas death match. That's what it they should have be. it. They should have it in the ring out in the uh, Lance Archer's ranch. That's where it should be. Yep. So that's uh, what I'm going to go I'll, with. I'll take it a step further. Well, I have a different answer, but for yours, take it back. So what motivated Texas death match between Cactus Jack and Vader? Spin the wheel, make the deal. That's what you got to do. Get the wheel out there, spin it, whatever stipulation it lands on. That's what you do. One of the other stipulations in that wheel could be my idea. Blindfold match. Mm. You can do that cinematically. Terrible. Uh, uh, you, you get Cody versus Archer. You mm-hmm. put blindfolds on. Awesome. They got to stumble around, no. try to fight. Hey, man, you got Jake Roberts, who was in the original blindfold match, or at least the one in WWE People against call, Rick, yeah. Rick Martel. And it's generally like mocked and laughed yeah. oh, at. Yeah. We watched yeah. it. Deserve it's it. actually pretty creatively put together. Ugh. 
I feel like it our was. expectations were so low for that match. It was, but the way they, the way they, 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 they had to, uh, Jake especially was playing to the crowd to figure out where his opponent was. That's actually pretty damn creative. Yeah, I don't want to see that match again. <laughs> I do. Oh, well, let's see if uh, our another new match hatter Dan B wants to see that match again, or maybe he's got a different question. I don't know. Let's see, Dan B. Hey, friendos, it's your boy Dan B, the Wrestling Optimist, here with my latest match hat question. Uh, so I was watching the last episode of The Last Ride, as we all were, and I noticed when uh, The Undertaker was gearing up for his match, he said that, uh, God, I'm 55 years old and I'm still doing this. And I was like, damn, really? Well, yeah. But uh, it also made me think, um, how many other wrestling matches were that good where one of the participants were that old? Because uh, usually, you know, you slow down considerably and, and you see the age. Like, the only time I could think of it was Flair, who was in his 50s when he came back to the WWE after the invasion. But what are some instances of really good wrestling matches with uh, really old guys? Uh, thanks. Thank you, Dan B. Thank uh, you, Dan B. Yeah, you welcome first. to Matt Chat. Yeah, welcome oh, to I Matt Chat. So, uh, I mean, Ric Flair kind of set the gold standard for uh, wrestlers, I guess. Well, he was playing in his 50s when he had his second run WWE. Um, putting on awesome matches. He had his match against Shawn Michaels, his retirement match, at least in WWE. Uh, that was that's a classic. His ladder match against Edge on Raw, classic. Uh, even more recently, I know Batista isn't quite fifty yet. I think he was about forty nine when he had his match against Triple H at Mania a couple years ago. That yeah, was it too long? Yeah, you can tell those guys were having a blast. Uh, there was some really fun, creative stuff in that. I enjoyed the heck out of that match, even though it was probably twice as long as it needed to be. But it was Batista's last match, so you know you gotta let them be a, a bit uh, uh, indulgent until in terms of how they put it together. Um, so in my mind, it's, it's a lot of the stuff Flair did in WWE the second time around, and then Batista versus Triple H. Those are the ones that came to mind for me. You know, Luthez had a match against uh, Masahiro Chono when Luthez was seventy-four years old. He wrestled forever. He did. Holy crap! Look at this. There's a Luthez versus Vern Gagne match. That's great. There is probably like a combined 200 years in that ring. Um, so uh, I don't know. What did I write down here? Let's see here. Uh, you had a lot of good ones. Oh, uh, so I mean, I don't know how really old they were at the time. They were both already kind of old at this point. But uh, I always liked that Sting versus Flair was that last Nitro match. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was kind of cool. So much history in that one match. Yeah, tons of history there. Of course, who could forget the legend, the WCW Legends match, Slamboree 94. Wahoo McDaniel versus Dick Murdoch. That was great, too. That was actually not a good match. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Uh, nah, man, you named them all. And Flair had just an epic run in W. It was ridiculous. The match. I think his, his confidence was shot during a lot of that period. I you know? know. He had, like, the lowest. Like, he talks about that incessantly these days. Like, yeah. his confidence was crap. His confidence was crap, but man, yeah. he was putting on epic match just, after epic match. Great match after great match. Oh, it's just, else, just great stuff. That's that's the king. That's the real stuff right there. Uh, we got a couple text questions. First from B-Man Patrick Sparks. He asked, is SummerSlam too soon for Killer Cross to get uh, an NXT title What's shot? What's his name, Larson? All day real superstar Austin Theory, B-Man Patrick Sparks. No, Carrion K- Cross. He said Killer Cross. Oh, sorry. It's, you gotta get, gotta get used to it. I know, it's hard. I get, I get in the new routine of calling Carrion. Carrion Cross get an NXT title shot. When's the right time to book a fun story? Go ahead, Steve. Yeah, it's way too soon. He's super one-dimensional at this point. Like, they've had a lot of time. I feel like NXT, it's funny because I hear a lot of crowing about NXT on Twitter. I don't agree with it, man. I think it's a blast these days. Uh, however, one one low point for me, oddly, is actually Carrion Cross. I think that uh, his vignettes really haven't fleshed out anything of him at all. Um, I feel like it's been a lot of smoke and mirrors, but I, I need to, it's the thing about NXT, man, you can get away with that stuff on main roster, but if you can't get yourself geeked up for a takeover level wrestling match, then you kind of shouldn't be there. Like, I don't know. I kind of feel like, uh, well, it remains to be seen, you know, uh, we haven't seen killer carrying across his work, um, enough to judge whether, uh, he could pull off a great takeover level match because what you know what definitely what we see in nxt is not a, a, a strong enough sample size to to base an opinion one way or the other okay so i'll say this i've seen probably roughly same number of carry and cross matches pre-nxt as i did 
Walter matches, Matt Riddle matches. And I feel like they had a ton more wrestling buzz prior to them joining the WWE than than Cross does. Cross is a lot he's a lot new. I don't know. Didn't he just debut like a couple years ago or something? I think four or five years ago, yeah. Yeah. So like look, I'm not saying that it's not possible. I'm not saying that he can't. I'm saying the same could be said about Keith Lee too. Um I'm saying that so far I haven't seen it. And if I haven't seen it yet, I can't say that SummerSlam, it would be an appropriate time. I haven't seen it. And I, I'll i be kind of bummed out, to be honest with you, if uh, if Keith Lee ends up becoming double champ next week, and then at the next takeover at SummerSlam, let's say, uh, at the SummerSlam takeover, whatever that's going to be, or the next one, if they, like, you know, rush Killer Cross into the situation, and then he, you know, drops Keith Lee with a, with a Saito suplex or whatever, and then he wins both the titles... I'm going to be like, dude, what the hell? This is crap. Like, that is not... Now, if he has a great match, if he's got... I'm like, oh, my God, this guy can do a lot of really cool stuff, and he can tell a really compelling story. story, I don't need a Goldberg in my NXT, man. I think Goldberg fits in the Goldberg idea. I think that fits in really well. The Brock Lesnar idea fits in really well with main roster, and I'm okay with that because with main roster, like, you know, you get... You you can do that. NXT, especially the, the, the top... Man, it's been just it's it's a five star match title. Yeah. And if you can't do that, not into it. Not into it. And so far I haven't maybe, seen it. Maybe they're they're gonna reinvent the main event scene and kill across his image in uh, NXT for a bit. Who knows? That could be. Um, that could be. More sports entertainment centric and less pro wrestling focused. That um, could be. That'd be a bummer in my opinion. Uh I mean creatively I agree. It's they're relying on the fact that he has a really cool entrance. <laughs> um, and just because he beat Tommaso Ciampa in two minutes, we're supposed to think that he could destroy anyone. Like, week in and week out, he should just be obliterating people. Um, I don't think they've done enough to separate him as this unstoppable force of nature in NXT, um, uh, which, I, you know, based on especially his match against uh, uh, Bronson Reed, is what they're really doing. Yeah. Like, he took Bronson Reed's best, no-sold it, and destroyed him. Now, we need to see that week after week, escalating violence, stiffer competition. And so by the point you have this inevitable clash between Keith Lee and Karrion Cross, oh, like, Karrion Cross has just run through everybody. Everybody. Um, and then Keith Lee is one that steps up to him and is the guy that brings the match out of him that we need to see. So then that scenario, you got Karrion Cross walk into that match as legitimate. Like, he's run through everybody. Everybody, um, and 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 Keith Lee threw his best at him. He got a twenty-minute stellar match out of him, but just still couldn't do it because Kerry Cross is basically unstoppable. Yeah, um, you know, in two three months. Not sure that's enough time to get that done. But if you have him have a match every week, and 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 you continually up the up the the competition level for him, and he's just wiping the floor with everybody, it's possible. Yeah. They just, I don't need, know. they just we'll, don't seem we'll they don't see. seem dedicated enough to the idea of what he's supposed to be to push that home every week. Like he should be going through uh, Damian Priest, uh, Dijak. You know, people like imagine a match between Dijak and Karrion Cross. You want to show off in five eight minutes potentially what Karrion Cross could do. So here's the, the ring with Dijak. I, I feel like they're kind of doing the inverse of what you're talking about, though. Yeah. So like Keith Lee, they're booking so strong these days, super strong. Like, everybody tries to chop him down and nobody can. Yeah. And it's going to get to Adam Cole. They built up Adam Cole to be, like, the king, right? Mm-hmm. And Keith Lee might obliterate Adam Cole. And then the guy that steps up to the guy who's already obliterated everybody is going to be the guy that you're saying should have been obliter- obliterating everybody. He's I mean, ideally, step you, up to you, have, you have Cross and Lee on parallel paths just obliterating everybody, so their clash seems inevitable, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think, in that case... Uh, who's the Clubber Lang and who's the Rocky? There is none. It's like two Clubber Langs. It's yeah. like if Clubber Lang and uh, what's his name? Drago? Yeah. If it's, they're on parallel paths. Mm-hmm. We never got that movie. Where's that movie? Oh, that'd be something else. Get, uh, get Sly. Sly can, he can helmet. He can go behind the lens. Of there course, they're all like super old now, so it's not going to happen. No. How great would it be if they brought... Oh, wait. Mr. T's dead, isn't he? Is he? Is he dead? 
Did I just make that up? Mr. T. Oh, whoo! Whoo! He's alive. Oh, yeah. I didn't I did think he'd passed. Man. Whew. Uh, we got one final text question from A.O. Worm. He asks, once the crowds come back and they clean up the rosters, will WB continue with the pre-recorded matches? What say you, Steve? Why don't they bring back Clubber Lang for that Creed franchise? That's a good question. Wait, what's the question? I'm sorry. Uh, pre-recorded matches. Should they stick around? Yeah, of course. Yeah. House of... You know, man, I was ahead of my time. I was the one who was into House of Horrors. That, that match was rad. Uh, it was just a little horror flick. That was cool. Um, so, yeah, they should. I think that... Uh, we're not going to see it for the big matches like Money in the Bank. We're not going to see that again. Vince likes to reward the people who bought the tickets that are there live. He understands that that keeps the crowd going and that translates on TV. So we're not going to see him nearly as much. Um, I think we should see them. I think the closest thing that we're going to get, though, is probably characters like The Fiend. Mm-hmm. Um, I think work really well in the cinematic atmosphere. Beyond that... I really don't see them sticking around. I think right now it's sort of just a crutch that they're doing because uh, I understand that the rest of the show, like the empty arena stuff, just really, with an exception here and there, it's just lacking a crowd is just not great. And so, uh, yeah, I think that they're, they're going to be around for now. But once the arenas are back, they're going to go back to the tried and true. Yeah, probably for the most part. But, you know, there's if, if a story and dictates – a different approach to a match, and they want to go the cinematic route. Heck yes. Um, by and large, they've been pretty entertaining. Um, Boneyard match was fun. Firefly Funhouse match was utterly brilliant. Money of the Bank match was tons of fun. Um, I feel like on the main roster, they've had better luck with them than they have in NXT, oddly enough. Um, but uh, yeah, if, if the story dictates it and there's a, a creative, interesting approach they could take to, to it that'll entertain fans at home as well as the, the fans in the arena. By all means, yes, let's do it. Okay. Any other questions? That's it. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We appreciate it. Till next time, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye. The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.